Welcome to At Home with Hunter. My name is Hunter. Obviously. Welcome to At Home with Hunter. We are doing a special episode today. This is not the normal release day, but I felt that this topic was really, really important. We're entering into the school year and the second half of 2020, which we already know is kind of crazy. Um, so why not have our home space organized? That's our safe space. That's our space that we can go home and relax. So um, we're going to talk about how to organize our, our home, organize our lives, and just try and um, get some control over what's happening in 2020. So today I'm hanging out with Linda and Gretchen with Cut the Clutter. Hello, ladies. Hi, Hunter. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Great. Thank you so much for having us. This I am so, so excited to have you guys here. Um, so tell me a little bit about Cut the Clutter, where that came from and, and what your mission is. Okay, great. So Cut the Clutter started uh, a couple of years ago. I went to a friend's house for coffee. Um, her middle child was in a hospital bed. Um, she's terminal. And they had a, a folding chair by the bed that was metal. There was oxygen tanks. There were feeding supplies, syringes all over the place. Um, nothing really had a home. And in that moment, I just saw how overwhelmed my friend was. Um, and we just had a heart to heart and I realized that she just needed help. Um, so I went in and I, I took it over and I talked with her at home nurse and I talked with her husband and her kids and we really just found a plan that worked for their entire family that was functional for them on a day to day basis. Um, and word got out and a friend of a friend asked and two years later, here we are. And here so, we are. Yeah, I just love to help people. That's awesome. So when you walk into a house that is completely disheveled, how does that, how does that process start? Where, where do you even start? And this was a, a listener question. Um, I pose this like I do with all of my podcast questions for the listeners. So if you're feeling very overwhelmed, I feel like that sometimes is a barrier to even starting the organizational process. So where, where do you even start? <laughs> Uh, we start with a question. And the first question is, what do you want to achieve, right? Um, I think what you said when we first started this is that your home should be your haven. It should be your safe space. Right. And if you walk into your home at the end of every day and it's feeling overwhelming and feeling like you can't breathe, then we kind of start looking at that and say, okay, what are the first things that are suffocating you the most, right? Is it the unfinished projects? Is it at you know, the, the leftover ideas, is it what, it could be a million different things. Right. And so we start working with them to identify what is causing them to be paralyzed in certain areas. Um, and we, we match that with what their goals are, um, as well as what resources they already have on hand to put systems in place that allow them to really enjoy their home. Right. Because that's where, that's where rest begins, right? Right. So the other thing that we do is upon arrival is trying to really get the person as comfortable as possible with us and just yeah. assuring them that there is absolutely no judgment. I mean, we see all sorts of things and we help all sorts of people and we're just there to help them find solutions, right? And giving them grace. Right. And I feel like that would be 
you know, when you look at barriers to entry, you know, when you look at having people come into your home, that's one of those things where like, that's my space. And I am, I live a pretty open lifestyle as far as, you know, I tell my listeners what's going on in my life and I show, you know, embarrassing pictures or pictures without makeup on, but it's another thing to have someone come into your physical space. And when it's a mess, you know, I feel like that's one of those things that you kind of hold personal and you're like, I promise I'm going to try and do better. And then, and then you just, it's hard. It's hard. It is. It is hard. And I think we try to put them at ease as much as possible and then just show them what the process is and kind of just show them who we are and that we're flawed and that we're all flawed in ways. Right. And giving them grace and trying to teach them how to give themselves grace. Right. Like don't hold yourself to this huge standard. Let's just make little steps. And those steps are going to end up in a more organized space. Okay. So let's talk about the steps. So, um, I had a couple of questions about this when you were, when you're working on trying to create an organized space in your home, whether it's for your kids to go back to school or for your home office, do you start with just one room at a time? Or do you try and tackle it as like a big picture? Like knowing that, okay, so I need a place for my kids to go. Do we you know, go through every room and say, what's going to be effective in here for, let's say the kids to go back to school or for my temporary office, since we're all working from home, where, how does that, what does that look like? Do we, do we go room by room or do we tackle it as a whole big project? Yeah. So basically it all starts with an on-site consultation, right? So we come to the house and you give us a tour of your home. And while you're giving us a tour of your home, you're kind of sharing with us what your goals are, what's frustrating you about each room. To ask the homeowner to give us a specific list before we get there sometimes is overwhelming in and of itself. Right. We need somebody that can just come in and look at it and say, okay, I see that you've got coats here and coats here and coats here. How about we bring them all together? We can pull out the ones that you no longer want. And then the ones that we're keeping, we put in this front closet right here. Nowhere else, right? So, but we don't know that until we've gone through the entire house and seen all the codes. Okay. So it's, it's a process in understanding what you have, because if you look at it room by room, you can go through an entire room and get, get finished with it only to realize when you get to two rooms down that you've got the exact same contents in that room that should have been factored into that first room. Okay. So in that aspect, we really like to look at it by category, sort, and categorize. And you can do that by room. You just need to know going into it where all of your like items are. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if I'm organizing like my family room and my dining room, there could possibly be some overlap. So I just have to be aware that I might have stuff in my dining room that actually belongs in another room or vice versa. Yeah. And what you can do is start in one room and create your piles, right? Categorize and sort and do it on like a table, like a dining room table is awesome, right? As much as you can, because you don't want to hurt your back, right? right? So your things are sorted from your dining room, let's say, and then look at the categories of things in your sort. Once they're sorted and say, ooh, I have school supplies, I have pictures, I have some kitchen utensils, and I have photo albums. Okay, where else do I have these things in my house, right? 
So if you do start within one room, you then need to think about where else do these things live? So then at that point, would you go to the place where like photo albums, if I've got photo albums in my dining room and then I say, oh, I have photo albums in this other room of my house, would I then go get those items from the other room of the house and make one big, bigger pile? Yes, but I would, whatever room, unless the dining room is where you want all of your photo albums, then the photo albums that are currently in your dining room need to go live with the other ones. And then okay. that decision happens when you're cleaning that space, when yeah. you're organizing that space. Yeah. Okay. That way it doesn't stop the progress from the rest of the room happening, right? Because it's going to take you time to stop and look through and say, okay, well, this is important and this isn't. And with photo albums, that right there is just a time bomb because a picture is worth a thousand words. And you're going to start looking at the pictures. That was another question. Um, it was a little far down. Let's see. Um, pieces that are sentimental. Like I, my mom passed away a few years ago. Um, and of course we were cleaning out her house and there were so many things that were sentimental. I was living in a smaller space at that point. I didn't have room for everything. And it broke my heart to a certain extent to like let some of those things go. But at the same time, I know that you know, I don't need my grandma's China. I kept my grandma's China. It is in a box. I don't need it, but I don't want it to go away from my family. So what do you do with things like that, that you know, that mean something? Well, so Gretchen and I have actually put a lot of thought into this. And for things like sentimental items we recommend that you keep three to five items right and those three to five items should be something that can be functional in your daily life um or something that you can have out in your house and see and it makes you happy right and reminds okay. you of of a really great relationship and the happy times with with this person yeah and the things that you're willing to let go of that you know you can't use um, I think it's important to, to make that sort of a legacy for the person that you've lost and really um, be intentional to where you donate them. So, you know, if you've got all of this China and things like that, and, you know, there are young families that are starting out and they could really use the China, you know, like it would be right. super, and it would make your grandmother happy to know that she was helping another young family start their life together, right? So we try to um, match a purpose with those belongings, um, and then it just allows those belongings to have another life, to honor that person, and they're not collecting dust in your attic. I like that. That's like a totally different mindset you know you you think of these items that are passed down passed down passed down staying in the family well you know my grandma might have wanted to help another family you know so that's like a totally different thought process that i think a lot of people don't even think about is how can these items that meant so much to my family help another family and maybe it becomes something very special for their family and knowing that i can't use it yeah, and I think we we hear more often than not that people don't want to just give it to Goodwill because right. to give it to Goodwill for them seems careless, right? Um, we'll sidestep to Goodwill's mission another time. But what you can do is, you know, we've worked with clients who um, she 
she was cleaning out her closet. Well, she was a domestic abuse survivor and she had all of these beautiful clothes. Um, she was retiring and she just needed our help. So we were very intentional and we um, ended up giving them to St. Joseph's Villa who serves the homeless in our community, you know? So whenever you can marry those causes with something that's important to the person, it's, it, it almost, um, it makes them feel good yeah. to, to give those things away, but then it allows open space in their home and in their life for new experiences. Yeah. And they, we, we find that people who have a cause attached, if there's a cause attached to where their things are going, they are so much more open to, to, to removing things from their own home. Mm -hmm. Um, they're, you know, because they feel really good about helping someone else in the process and in the process, it then helps them, mm -hmm. um, yeah. you know, less stress and less clutter. Yeah. Um, all right. So we're going to backtrack a little bit. Um, so when you're, when you're starting this, this process and you want to create, you know, more intentional spaces, do you involve your kids in this? Cause I feel like my kids would be really mad that I got rid of their crap. Heck yes. Yeah. I mean, it's their home too. It's yeah. supposed to be functional for everybody. And if you come in and say, I want, I expect A, B and C to happen. They're going to be like, huh, okay. Yeah. But if you come to them and say, well, let's talk about this in terms of starting school, right? Right. This is something that's on everybody's mind. And I think it's why everybody wanted us here to begin with. So for, let's just pretend like we're starting with you. Okay, mm -hmm. Hunter. And we're getting your kids ready for school. So we're going to consider four things. First, location. Two, right. the furniture three supplies and four maintenance. Okay. Okay. So Gretchen, talk to me about the location. Yeah. So, and I think involving the kids in the location is key too, because, and they're involving them in all mm -hmm. of it because they're the ones who have to, to show up every day and be on their right. Microsoft teams and all of that. Um, so within your house, what we recommend is address location first, try to find a place for them. Um, things that you need to consider are like your Wi-Fi connection. I know in my house, the Wi-Fi connection isn't the same everywhere. Exactly. So yeah. They're going to need to be connected. Um, the light, right. Either natural or lamps, um, the noise, trying to minimize distraction as much as possible and the traffic patterns in your house, trying to keep them away from the busiest sections of the house. So they're not as likely to be distracted. So I shouldn't put them in the kitchen. <laughs> right. If, <laughs> if possible. I mean, it can still work in the kitchen if that's the option that you have. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you can, yeah, we would say maybe not in their bedroom, maybe not in their playroom, maybe not in the kitchen. Um, okay. And if you have to use one of those areas, then try to designate a spot, you know, like a certain section that is theirs. Um, you, you remember, um, like when the kids have their science fairs yeah, and they've got those trifold boards. Yeah. We actually just saw that. Um, and we, we shared it, but this woman had erected those for three of her kids. And so they're all sitting like at the dining room table with these, these little dividers up and they've decorated them with their name, with their calendar, with 
where they need to be. That's and when. really cool. I think I have yeah. one of those left over from like a science fair project that we didn't do last school year. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it's a perfect repurpose something that you already have in your home. Okay. Right. Okay. So after location, we're going to talk about furniture. So it's like you just said, sometimes it is going to be in the kitchen. Yeah. And that just means that from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. that everybody has their little box of things that they're pulling out and they've got their assigned spot because minimum requirements are a flat surface and a comfortable chair. Right. They're going to be there for a while. Um, if, if we can give them their own desk, that's great, but sometimes giving them their own desk is a folding table or a card table and it's in the dining room or it's in the front den in a quiet place by an outlet, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not about being perfect, but it is about having them in a place where they're distraction free and set up with everything they need. Right. And having their own space. Yes, yeah. including a trash can so they can keep their tiny honey in their seat. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, okay, and then I'm going to let Gretchen talk to you about supplies. Okay. Because this is a big one. Yeah, so we recommend before you shop for any school supplies um, that you kind of go through, there are kind of three steps, and this goes to how we approach almost any project, whether it's school supplies or anything else. But the first step is always sort and categorize, uh, right? So you're going to take everything that you have. You're going to have everybody in the house do a scavenger hunt. So this goes to what we were talking about earlier about, you know, you may have school supplies in your kitchen, in your playroom, in the bedrooms, all sorts of places. Go find them all. Sort them, say, like on a surface like your dining room table, and you can see what you have. And a lot of times what you find is that you won't have to buy a lot of new stuff. That right. is brilliant. I feel like that's one of those things that's so common sense, but I've not thought about it because I know we have those random drawers throughout the house that have, you know, pens and pencils and markers and crayons and those little three by five cards, like all kinds of random stuff that we've accumulated over the years. Yeah. You really don't need to buy anymore. Right. Yeah. In fact, no. I mean, I think I know I found in my house when I did this uh, little exercise, we found uh, four completely empty composition books yeah. and we probably found six or seven notebooks with like three pages that were used in them and the rest were completely perfect. I'm like, rip, there's your <laughs> brand new notebook for the year. Yeah. Because even if they go back to school in December, everybody's already written in their notebook. So there's no like, well, it's not brand new. Who yeah. cares? You know, yeah. like they can't give you that argument right now. So yeah. it's a beautiful time to like show them the value of repurposing, right? I, yeah. I like that. Yeah. And then, so the second part is after you sort and categorize and see what you have, you know, obviously throw away, recycle the things that aren't, you know, useful anymore. And then anything you don't need, like I did this in my house and I found that I had a brand new container of 12 glue sticks. My son is in eighth grade. He's he not going to need glue sticks. Yeah, he's not going to use glue sticks, oh. and we have other glue sticks, right, that are not packaged. So I put those aside, and they went to um, the county that we're living in. It had, like, a school supply drive, and there are a lot of places right now doing drives for kids who need supplies. So that's a really good way to give back. Um, and then the last step is reloading, and you're ready, right? So we, and this is another key thing, is 
portion out what each kid will need as you get closer to the start of the school year you'll you know you can think about like all right this person's going to need scissors and markers and, and this person's just going to need pens and paper whatever it is have it really close by right near their work area mm -hmm. in like a little bin or just sitting there on the desk and the rest of it the rest of the supplies designate a master area in your house like a closet or a shelf or a bin or a corner of a room so that you're not interrupted every time they run out of paper or highlighters or pens yeah. you know it's all right there everybody knows that it's self-serve yeah. these are like so simple ideas but the thought of like preparing my kids for school and i think and this is one of the main reasons that i wanted to have you guys on the thought of putting my kids in school at my house while I'm also trying to work at my house, record podcasts at my house, my husband's in and out at my house seems so overwhelming. But these, you know, having a checklist of four simple things that my kids can help me with and get involved in just seems not as overwhelming and daunting as like an hour ago I was feeling about this whole school situation. Well, I don't know if this will help. <clears throat> but if you promise not to judge me, I will send you a little uh, sheet that we have put together and it is a how-to yeah. set yourself up, your home up for virtual school. I love um, it. If you want to share that with your listeners, you're more than welcome to do so. But we actually advise that it's, there's a little checklist for up to three kids on it. Um, so you can individually check off with who has what and what's still outstanding, right? Um, oh, and it also helps you because one of the first things that we recommend, um, even before kind of these steps, yeah. is have a family meeting. Have a meeting and talk about, I mean, it, and it may need to be more than one meeting. I know in my house, we've already had probably three meetings over dinner, like about where everybody's going to work and right. what the hours are and all of those things. And so this checklist helps you with the timing of when everybody starts their day, when they're eating lunch, when they're done, and then kind of being able to structure your day in addition to structuring your space, which is right. what we just talked yeah. about. I, I yeah. think that that's very important. And I haven't had that many conversations with my kids other than you're not working in your bedroom. Like, I don't care right. how many times we argue about this. You're not doing schoolwork in your bedroom. It's going to be some place where a, I can kind of keep an eye on you make sure that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and B that you actually stay awake and stay focused because you know, yeah. these kids, they have a habit of getting in their rooms and then, you know, my daughter will have YouTube on while she's trying to do schoolwork. That's not, I, you know, we still need them to be successful, even though school is completely different this year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And I think, I think that's really important to what you just said, you know, like, that's how my conversation started with my girls. They're both rising freshmen in high school. Yeah. And <clears throat> I'm like, you're not going to start the school year in your bedroom, period. And they're like, well, where are we going to go? And I'm like, well, you can decide if you want it to be this room or this room. Yeah. And I'm happy to make certain adjustments. Like, so, um, fortunately we have room in our downstairs for them and our, our den. Um, there's just not a lot of furniture in that room. However, if you know you've got two kids and you want to repurpose a guest room for that to be the school room then talk about what it looks like to put the bed in there 
up in the attic for the next, you know, six months right? until we get through. So you're really setting them up for success. Not like it's not a bandaid right now, right? Like while it may not be optimal, the, the least we can do to set them up for success is give them their own space and allow them to have some control in what that looks like. Because right now in our world, we're all out of control. Like, it's like you said, like there's so little that we can control right. that if, if you've got just the basics of this is what my day is going to look like every day. This is where I'm going to go. This is where I'm going to learn. You're, you're already starting to set your mind up for some sort of success and you're removing that clutter yeah. so you can focus. Right. And ultimately that's what all of the organization is. Um, as, as we kind of like wrap up, but it, it's, it's really looking at what your goals are and what you, what you want to focus on. And sometimes the easiest way to do that is start taking away the things that you know, you don't want, right? Because sometimes you don't know exactly what that goal is, what that dream is, but you know, this bothers you every time you see it. And this bothers you every time you walk into the room and you know, you wish you could, but you just don't know how. Yeah. So if you'll talk to somebody, sometimes just the verbalization <clears throat> allows you to put your mind into the right space for that. But sometimes you just need a guided plan or a hand. So we're happy to do that, you know, for anybody with just a consultation and talk them through what the process looks like. We've done a lot on um, YouTube um, and just kind of sharing content on the messy middle and getting rid of sentimental items. And even we did a, a, a quick little episode of off the cuff the other day where we talked about setting up for homeschool. So it goes into all of the nitty gritty dirty levels, but. It's, I think that it's so important and so valid right now because, you know, and we, we keep talking about this, everything's just so chaotic. So, you know, having that space and I'm, I'm, awful at this. My makeshift office is a couch. Like my laptop right now is sitting on a couch and my papers are all over the place because I just, I don't have an office here. I don't have a setup area. And I like this room. It's nice and bright. It's right by the kitchen where the coffee is. So in my mm -hmm. mind, I'm like, you know, that's, the, that's really all I need is like my laptop and some coffee and I can, you know, get some work done. But it's, you know, I think that just trying to be more purposeful with like my space and my time, I think, I think is, is huge. And, but I think that I'm not the only one in saying that I a wasn't expecting that 2020 was going to look like this. Like I have a perfectly fine office at my job. Um, but I also, didn't realize it was going to last this long. So I think that a lot of people create these like temporary spaces thinking a month, two months, and now here we are six months later yeah. and we're still working out of our homes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and at the very least, so I would say in terms of working from home, yeah, now when, especially if there are kids in your house and they're going to be virtual school, now's a really good time to look at your workspace as well. Um, and if you can't change your workspace, then at very least, when you're having that family meeting, you can talk about what are the rules and the roles, right? right. Like, like, okay, kids, here's what's critical. I'm going to be recording this, even setting it by week or by day, if you need to, yeah. you know, today I need complete quiet 
from you know nine to twelve, and then we can have lunch together. And you know, just kind of setting those rules and expectations. If you're able to put yourself in your own room, even hanging a sign on the door to say, "I'm in a very critical meeting. Yeah. I'll be done by this time." You know, like it's kind of makeshift, but. I feel like those that level of communication is going to help a lot of people through the fall. <laughs> you need to invest in the dryer resource. Yeah, yeah. Like the little velcro. <laughs> I think oh, everyone needs one of those. Especially about to be teaching my kids like math and stuff. Like, uh, you know, my math teacher had a dry erase board. Like, I feel like I need one of those, right? Like, yeah. if I have to teach my kids math, we are all in. <laughs> I know. Trouble. That's what I keep telling my kids. My my daughter's a junior <laughs> this year, and I'm like, I can't, I can't help you. I'm sorry. Like, I my junior year was a long time ago, and I don't re remember things that I learned <laughs> that year. So. <laughs> No. I tapped out in fifth grade. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, go ask your dad or we're done. I mean, I'll hire a tutor, but I can't help you. Exactly. Can right, you so YouTube that? I think, look, I think that there are some people that are putting together some YouTube for dummies, like for dummy parents. And I'm like, I appreciate this because if my kids ask me questions, Look, this whole homeschool situation has got me like all in a tizzy. I'm just like, I don't know. I don't, I can't be the adult here because I don't, I, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, I feel the same way sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It's like, who decided to put me in charge? I don't, whoever that was. What yeah. were they drinking that day, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. I've got a couple other, a few random questions that have nothing to do with school, but they're questions that people have asked me. Um, small house problems. What do you do when you have a small house and there's no, everything doesn't have a home because the house is small? Do you just get rid of stuff and then buy more stuff when you move into a bigger house? What kind of stuff are we talking about? I don't know. Um, <laughs> so here's the, thing. the question was how, how, to, how to be effective in small space. That's what the question that I got. You got to use your vertical storage. Yes. Your vertical okay. space is, I mean, it's everything in small spaces. And you have to be, number one, vertical space, use it. Okay. Bookshelves, bookcases, they're your friends. They are your friends. Um, if you don't use it and you don't, it doesn't make you happy, get rid of it. Donate it. Let somebody else use it. Why are you holding on to something that costs $10 that is crowding your space yeah. and you can't walk around in your house? Like, Oh, well, I'm going to use it later. Okay. You've been saying that for three years. You haven't used it and you trip over it every single day. Right? So in a small space, it's even more important to be super intentional about what you're going to allow in your life, what yeah. you want in your life. And we often think of it in terms of ask yourself three questions. Have I used it in six to nine months? Do I like it? Would I buy it again? If the answer to any of those is no, you at least need to consider that it's time for it to go. Yeah. There are exceptions, of course. Christmas decorations, you don't use but once a year. So right. things like that, of course, maybe you're holding on to. But by and large, things like clothes or kitchen items, if you haven't used it and you don't like it and you wouldn't buy it again, it is time to find a new home for it. And if it's a gift somebody gave you and you don't even like it, let it go. Yeah, it's okay. I'm not kidding you. It's not letting them go. Yeah. Yeah. It is letting the thing go. 
Yeah. And they probably don't even remember that they gave it to you. Do you remember the rocking course your Uncle Billy gave you when you were three years old? No. No. Neither does anybody else. Let that sucker go. Uncle Billy doesn't even remember. I love it. Yeah. Uncle Billy probably has no idea. <laughs> um, all right. What? Let's see. And this is, this is a follow-up. Um, so once you get things kind of organized and, and situated and put together in the way that you want it, how do you keep it that way? Cause my husband keeps telling me I'll go through like a, a cleaning fit and I'll clean everything in the kitchen. And then like literally mm -hmm. two days later, like there's piles of crap everywhere. I'm my brain. My, it's like my brain doesn't function that, that way. Are there people? So, am I normal? <laughs> you're normal. <laughs> yes. You, yes. We love this question. Um, we do, we say everybody should do maintenance, right? Like it, it, it has to be a daily effort. It's like, um, what we eat, right? Like we have to go to the grocery store to replenish. If we're going to eat junk, we're going to look like junk, right? Right. So, um, I like the idea of a 10 minute timer at the end of every day. Perhaps it's after dinner. It's for the entire family. Mm -hmm. It's for the shoes that the kids left at the front foyer. It's for the pile of mail that you left on the foyer table when you walked in, but then the phone rang and you had to go run. Yeah. It's to shift the wash from the laundry to the dryer. It's to put the laundry away, but it should be no more than 10 minutes every night. Right. Okay. It, it, and it shouldn't have to be like this overwhelming thing. It's go take care of your business and then we will X, Y, Z, right? Yeah. Give me 10 minutes to go take care of all of this and then go get on your PlayStation. I don't care, okay. but everybody gets 10 minutes. So do you, so does your husband. He's taking out the trash. You're taking out the trash and he's folding the clothes, you know, like everybody has a thing and they just go hit it for 10 minutes. Yeah. Because it's not your job to maintain the entire house. Yep. You don't live there alone. Do you? No. Did you put all that stuff in all the million different places? No, no. It's about accountability and it's yeah. about the feeling that we all get when we're working together and it's our home. Yeah. And by setting a timer, it makes it finite. So it's only, but so painful. If you know what I mean, right. It doesn't feel endless. It's not, you're not asking everybody to, to, you know, take hours of their time. Everybody's got 10 minutes. Yeah. Right. Um, and there are some tricks too, like uh, one of the tricks with mail is, and this is all super common sense, right? You come in from the mailbox and as you come in from the mailbox, go ahead and open your mail right away over your recycle bin. Okay, so, you're, so anything that's recycled goes directly in, which I don't know about you all, but I mean, most of my stuff is recycled that comes through my mailbox. Yeah, yeah. Most of my mail doesn't even come in the house. I recycle it outside before I, I walk Yeah, the sure. The, bin, the outside door bins. Yeah, yeah. My husband will bring it in and he'll bring in all of the little newspapers and the flyers that are like the cells and stuff. And I just look at him and I shake my head and I'm like, that's great. And then I go put it in the recycle bin. Yeah. I have started to get a little bit better about that because I was, you know, one of those habitual, like the mail just piles up and piles up. And then like one day I spend four hours going through this junk and I miss, you know, people's baby showers and stuff because the mail has been in this pile forever. But I've yeah. gotten really good now. Like when I come in from the mail, like I start looking through everything. We have like 
mailboxes by the door. So if it's like a bill for my husband, I put it in there. And then if it's something that I don't need to address right this minute, I put it in there and then everything else goes in the trash. So like, I feel like that's the one thing in my life that I have gotten control over. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah, I love it. And that was the other part of the tip is, is have a place, like have a file or a mailbox in your case, right? Where it's yeah. like bills go here. Things I need to do like RSVPs or coupons I might want to use, or those could go in another place. The yeah. other thing that I do is if I'm not going to act on something right now that has a deadline, I take out my phone and I put a little reminder in my calendar. Hey Gretchen, remember to RSVP by, and like I'll put a couple days before the date. That's smart. Then, I do that with bills, but I've never thought about doing that with like other things. Like I, you know, I'm just, yeah. Organized. Oh, Gretchen's the queen of it. Some, I'm not even kidding you. Like we share our, our work calendar, right? Yeah. So some mornings I'll wake up and it's like, don't forget to call Hunter at 11 AM. And I'm like, <laughs> how does she know this? <laughs> ask questions about so she's great at it that's awesome yeah all right this is the this question I have is more of a personal question um because yesterday when I, I went to the grocery store and I came home and I'm going to put things in my refrigerator and I'm going I cannot fit things and I there was no food in there but I can't fit anything else in my refrigerator is that something that you guys do like or is that just I'm just messy. Yeah. No, that's something we do. Okay. We, a, a kitchen, so a kitchen has many facets. Um, and to truly do a real kitchen, it'll usually take us anywhere from six to 10 hours, mm -hmm. depending wow. on what's in there. Because there are so many little things in a kitchen. And in order to like truly organize any space, you have to pull it all out. Yeah. You have to pull it all out and see what you have. You have to see if it's expired, if it's still good. If you've got multiple cans, you can combine, but it takes a hot minute. Yeah. Huh. Now here's a question back for you. Do you, when, before you go to the grocery store, do you make a plan? Do you make a list? No. No. Okay. No, so I normally just buy the same things every week. Like it's the we, it's so boring. I'm so kind of over all of this, um, cooking stuff that I have to do for my family every day. So yes. and I'm not a culinary expert. So I literally make like the same, you know, five things every week. Mm -hmm. And then we just swap up which nights or what. I want to know how I got stuck with this job. I'm just like, I've got to cook again. Like I know. seriously. Yeah. yeah. And if nobody else volunteers, like what is it with it being the default? Like, you know, I, I don't know. Like there's yeah. cereal in there. Yeah. I mean, what I would say is that ideally there would be, um, and if your meals stay the same, maybe it's easy to do, right? Maybe your part of your process is right before you go to the grocery store, you open the fridge and you just do a quick, again, maybe set a timer, right? Give it, it shouldn't take more than maybe five to 10 minutes, right? If you're just kind of making space like oh that spinach is old and you know i don't need this anymore this condiments expired whatever it is and you're getting rid of it and then your fridge is ready for the the influx of new i, like I will say there's a lot of hangover too from quarantine back in march right yeah so like the other day um someone stopped by and I sent her home with three things from my freezer because I cook so, she doesn't cook at all. And I cook so much food that we, 
I had nothing to do. Yeah. So I cooked all the time and then there were all the leftovers. So I find like, even with, um, pickles, which is a weird thing to say, but I've got like six jars of pickles in my refrigerator. Why? I don't know, but we've got sweet pickles. We've got hot pickles. We've got dill pickles. We've got spears. Like seriously. I have that with barbecue sauce. I have like 12 different flavors of baby raised barbecue sauce in my fridge. (laughs) And I have no idea why, because I swear I've only bought one container. I have no idea where the rest came from. (laughs) Just mix them all together and that will greatly reduce the amount of room. I'm sure that, yeah. I'll have like a five gallon jug of barbecue (laughs) sauce in my fridge. All right, ladies. So if people want to find you guys because they need your help, how would they find you? Give me a website, email. What do you want to give me? At the clutter RVA.com. Perfect. I was there. We're on, yeah, we're on social media. So Facebook, Instagram, we're cut the clutter wherever you look RVA. That's awesome. Well, thank you ladies for hopping on my podcast today. Lots of amazing information. I'm going to include the, you're going to send me that worksheet. I'm going to include it with the podcast uh, so we can help people get ready for this crazy back to school year. Make sure you are subscribed to my podcast. That way, you know, when new episodes are being released, next episode is going to be coming out next Wednesday at 10 a.m. right here on any channel that you get your podcasting on. That's where you can find At Home with Hunter. Um, Also, follow me on the internet at SheIsHunter, Facebook and Instagram. And uh, be good. I'll be seeing you soon.